What's going on, Soundbite? We are here to have another episode, but today we're going to slow things down and we're going to turn it around. Not literally, <laughs> but we are here to talk about is R&B still a real thing of today? R&B. Is R&B quote unquote dead or not? All right, this is what I got to say about R&B. If it's still alive, I do believe R&B is still prominent. It's still popping, right? But I just think that the that style that everybody the '90s okay '90s R&B bro, was so big and like you know what I'm saying that that '90s R&B style took over really big and going into like the 2000s, it still kind of had like that sound and mixed into it. But I just think around the time it just was so big and people that's what people like like you know what i'm saying that's like a thing people look up 90s r&b and like mm-hmm. that's not the same that's not the same style no more you know what i'm saying so people want to say oh r&b is dead or people just don't you know, people don't make music the way that they did in the 90s which i kind of do believe that sometimes with certain um certain artists that's like with certain r&b artists that's like in the you know the limelight that's like real big you might not hear that same type of uh what I want to say, I guess, subject matter is not yeah. almost the same as from the 90s. So yeah. I get that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I get that. But overall, with some of the artists that are in R&B today, I feel like they're doing a pretty good job. I feel like they're carrying it on. And they're starting to like pop almost, even though, you know, get popping again the way you did it in the 90s. So in my opinion, it's still alive. I... I mean, I completely agree with you, man. Because for the simple fact of just the subject matter has changed, and that's then that's really it for me. The like back in the '90s, you know, you had you know your boys, the men, your TLC, uh, Lauren Hill in the later '90s. Whitney Houston was still making music. Mariah Carey oh, had wow. voice singing behind. You know, she was real popping, and my man. We don't condone what he do, but my man, mm. R. Kelly, he like he, he really carried the '90s. He made he made a generation of kids, like literally. So, no, uh, right. like, the, but the things the things that you know, R. Kelly and Boys and Men talked about, like we don't talk about that no more. We got yeah. you know, Mr. Trey Songs, you know, scratching up walls on the neighbors here. You know what's what's popping, right? So, <laughs> Uh, I, I I completely agree with you on that, man. Yeah, I agree with both of y'all. I mean, I don't think it's um, dead. I just think it's a cultural change as far as, you know, like y'all saying, as far as what people are used to hearing, like, especially with our generation, we used to growing up with that 90s, that slow down, slow jam tempo. And so it has come to a contemporary R&B sound now where you have more contemporary sounding artists that are making music now opposed to the more singing, slow down tempo artists that was uh, recording music back in the early 90s. So I don't feel like it is dead. I do feel like it just took, it's taking a shift into what R&B is sounding like in this, um, at this day and time. Um, I do like the, some of the new artists that are out right now that's trying to keep up the R&B sound. You got the Tanks out there. You still have your uh, Trey Songs out there. Of course, Chris Brown, he's always going to be a popular artist. And then you have your old artists that are still making music, um, like Tyrese and um, uh, Mary J. Blige. These artists are still keeping that sound mixed in with the contemporary 
R&B sound, which is still keeping the R&B sound ultimately alive. So I don't feel like it's there. I just feel like we have to get used to the new sound. And like I said, if you like the R&B sound, you can always go back and look at it. I mean, look at our parents. I mean, they, they got every album that came, every R&B album that probably, every CD that came out in the 90s, they can go put in a CD player or a download on their computer and they right back to square one. And I feel like with the platforms that we have out here, there are so many artists out here that are, that's not even mainstream artists that are making great music. Um, you have artists like uh, uh, BJ the Chicago Kid, you got uh, uh, Jay Nova, you got uh, Ari Lennox, uh, Tony Sway. It's a lot of guys out there and women out there that are still making 90s sounding, um, Motown voice sounding music. All right, I, I get that. Uh... I think that um okay, just like just like with rap, right? Just like with rap, a lot of people are um saying, you know, rap is changing, of course. Like it's not from when it started to now, you know. It's based on people's experience and stuff like that. So the experience and the culture, all that times is changing, so that it's gonna be different. But I think when people look at R and B sometimes, they don't expect it to change. You know what I'm saying? Like they expect it to sound a certain way like throughout years. And like you still gotta realize that. In R&B, the culture could change, you know what I'm saying? Things could change, time changing. So that's the way, like, the subject matter and the sound of it could change in rap the same way with uh, with uh, R&B. And, like, with the... Uh, <laughs> right. Ooh, but I want to hit on that real yeah. good, boy. Ooh, well, I want to hit on that. What are you going to say about it? What are you going to say? It, it's yeah. like... Not not to, to change the genre, but, like, with gospel. Like people expect gospel to stay the same. You know, you got your hand clapping, foot stomping, noise making gospel music when no, like churches, like times have changed. Like we gotta move on right. from that. And right. you know, when Kirk Franklin came out, like a lot of people uh, and a lot of churches did not go for that because it was so hip hoppy and it was so secular. So that's I, that's the way I feel about R&B. Yes, we do talk. We do talk about the same stuff. We just found a different way to to talk about it. And like with, <clears throat> excuse me, like with um the early the the 2000 to 2010 decade of R&B, it was taken. It was really taken over by your rap music and and your dance music because mm -hmm. like when soldier boy came out d4l uh the white t boys like all that music the snap the snap and franchise roll. boys don't disrespect yes them franchise boys like <clears throat> when all that music dropped like it was like okay we want to we want to dance what, what's r&b what that stand for relax yeah. and go get me a beer no, R&B <laughs> is still, it was still popping. Cause even, even during those times you had like, you had the rappers to, to be more prominent. That's when Atlanta really, really got hot. You had Outkast, they came in late nineties, but still popped in 2000s. Gucci, T.I., Jeezy. Like when all of those people came out, like trap music started heavy. Um, so that, that really put R&B on the back burner. And that really like, you know, it's just like it's just like a, a, a football team. You gotta you gotta take your back seat, 
when you you know when you lose your best players, and time it's time to rebuild. So R like I feel that in the two thousands to two thousand tens, R and B did take a rebuilding stage, and with mm-hmm. the rebuilding stage, I want to thank people like Jamie Foxx, Alicia Keys, Beyonce did a major thing, Usher did a major thing, Chris Breezy did a major yes, thing. Like the, I mean, the list goes on for like the R and B, the R, the people who did R and B music in the in that decade, but it still took a back seat because a lot of people seen making music. I mean, making money in pop too. So pop mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. hard rap, dance rap, it it really it really took over during that time. So R and B had to take a back seat. Yeah, yeah, definitely, bro. Definitely, definitely took a back seat. And that's another thing. That's why you gotta still, you still gotta respect that it's not dead. It's because it's still, it's still a genre of music that's still charted. It's still a genre of music that people still respect. Although it, it has had some issues um, in the late 2000s, but I mean, we still have a flash of uh, authentic R&B artists. Um, I like the, um, I like Summer Walker who just came out um, maybe within the last year or two. Um, yeah. I like her style. I feel like she has a very great um, acoustic R&B sound to her her voice. She's a great um, um, singer. I like Ari Lennox. And um, Kalani is another great uh, artist that she can really, really sing. I just don't feel like she gets enough credit for um, how well she sings her music, how well she performs her music. See, I got, you name, you name two people I got, I got a small beef with. And it's, it's mm-hmm. not more so, it's not so much of Kalani because I feel that Kalani has that that pop R&B sound versus just a, like a true R&B sound. Unpopular opinion. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and put that disclosure out. I don't like R&B. Right. I don't like R&B. I knew he was about to say that. Her voice what? is annoying. It sounds like Lois from uh, Family Guy. Her voice is a but her voice when she sings is okay. Like I get what you're saying. She's talking regular, so it might get yeah, annoying sometimes. Yeah. But, but what she's singing, the way she matches it with her music, but right, it's dope because right. it's unique. It's different. It's, it's, it's unique, it bro. Different. It's different. It's, it is unique, bro. And her subject matter is fire. And then her, uh, it's like almost the the beats and the sound she chooses, and like the subject matter she uh, matches up with is. is it's, it's kind of, but it's dope, man. I don't know how to say about her. It's just like, it's not like it's a whole new sound. Of course, it's not, but it's just something a little different that you might not be used to or you haven't heard in a while. And I think right. Ari is bringing bringing some of that back. Like, I think her music is really dope, bro. I think her music is dope. I think it, her sound is like dope, it. and she can sing. And like, she can sing, bro. Like, yeah, I know. Sing. She, it, it, it's kind of like a, a rejuvenated. Um... Erica Badu, it's like a rejuvenated Erica Badu. Erica Badu had a really different voice than everybody in the 90s. And some people may have been turned off by that. And I feel the same for Ari as far as her voice only, <laughs> as far as the voice, because I mean, she got she got good, she got good music, she got good content within, within her music. Uh of course, her being under J. Cole, shout out to Dreamville. I want my five dollars, J. Cole, for that plug. Um like I mean, she she has she has good beats as well, and production. I just can't get over the voice. Ah, uh, I can't get over I, the voice. I, I, that's one. That's one of the. That's like one of the main things that I like about her, bro. It's her voice. 
I went and I think it's just uh her voice is dope. It wasn't like you said, it's not like she don't like how do you kind of compare it with Erica Badu? It's not like she don't sound like everybody else. That's what I yeah. like the most. Like she's she kind of in her own lane. She stays it. She doesn't like try to, you know, be somebody she's not. I like it. All right. I like it. I think I, like I, I think she got a lot to a lot more to offer. I feel like and I feel like there's a lot of people who doesn't like like Ari, because I see that a lot, like on Twitter and stuff. I see people be like, oh, Ari's that everybody loves, but I don't. And it's been like Ari, uh, Ari, Ari Linux. So I see that a lot. And I guess it might be her voice, but I think that's like one of the things that makes her, yeah. that makes her, you know, makes her her. And you, you got to think about it. Like, uh, um, you know, you got to think about uh, artists like Ella May, who come from like a different like background from, you know, what we were used to hearing. So like when when she we when we, when she first hit the scene, we heard her voice. We knew it was different. We knew it was something that we never heard, like her her accent. We knew it was something we never heard of, but we didn't know exactly where she was from. She's signed by DJ Mustard, so it's like, but she makes great music, so it's like we we more interested. Then when she dropped uh, Trip and um, I forgot the other song. Excuse me. Shot clock. She dropped Trip. Say what? Shot clock. Shot clock. Yeah, shot clock, but it was another song that she brought out that was a, a big song last trip. But anyway, she can she can sing, man. She has a beautiful voice, bro. So it's like she brought a different, you know, sound to the R and B side, but it was still R and B, which people accepted her, even though she was from a different culture, different background. If she was still part of the hit R and B phase, or going into the late 20, 2020s. Um, so that's why I feel like uh, Bryson Tiller really tapped into that R&B sound when he came out with uh, Trap Souls. Um, it was like a, it was like R&B. It was good sound. It was nice smooth music. It was something you can, the fellas could ride to. That's why it was so major because like it was like R&B and a different like a different sound, but it was like acceptable because that's what the culture was catered to, like a different type of sound. And I feel like he really dug into that sound. It, it was great. Like. He, the music that he had put out during that time is like, I don't know if he can ever do that again. Yeah, okay. Um, I agree with you on that. Uh, I think that that type of sound, okay, like, you know how, uh, okay, so let's go back. When we were talking about how, you know, like culture and stuff changed in that time of period where R&B, like when uh, Trap and all that was coming out, R&B was kind of dying out. I think that's why, like, a lot of R&B start. R&B artists started doing like uh, having like more like rap artists on their songs. Like you would see a put somebody put a, a R&B album, and you'll see like maybe like two or three rap artists, you know, featured on that album. And so I think like that sound of like R&B having that that crossover R&B hip hop sound was like really big. That's why when somebody like um, Marshall Tiller came out with Trap Soul, his, his album basically was kind of like that. It was like a trap. You know, fill, trap filling with soul. Uh, you know, he was singing and mostly, but it still had like kind of that ruggedness and that toughness of like a you know something like a trap album. Even though he wasn't like talking about like mostly like selling drugs or like you know being in the trap, it just kind of had like that feeling to it, kind of had like that bounce to it. You know, right? Yeah. I I, I, I think with that, I think that a lot of people add that that rap in there and this is just my opinion i feel that people add that rap in there because they can't sing 
They can't they can't hold it. They can't hold a record themselves. You like look at J. Cole. He can rap. And he can rap a whole album by himself. And that's it. It's not, it's not too many singers out there, like actual singers out there who can make an album by themselves and just sing the entire time with no features. Um, I want to say the the, the maybe like two maybe three people who came close to that and usher can do it without any without now i should need a feature i ain't gonna lie jasmine trey songs did it trey songs yes. did it trey songs yeah, can yeah. it was and it was good it was a great it was, it was great album. Great album. my man tank he he can he can sing a whole album without any features, and people and people will buy it. And I and I and I put Jasmine Sullivan on that list too. I don't okay. What I agree with you on somewhat of saying like um, you don't think because they they don't think they can sing or they kind of need that feature, and sometimes it might be that case. A lot of I mean a lot of rap artists need a feature for their you know stuff to go mm-hmm. pretty big. I just, I also think that is that, you know, a lot of people just kind of look for that type of sound. Like, I was surprised the fact that, I was a little surprised the fact that Trey Songz came out with that whole album without having a rap feature. Because we know Trey Songz, we kind of used to him having something like that. You know what I'm saying? He'll have like a Drake, he'll have like a Nicki, a T.I. feature, or even he might have like something like a Chris Brown who kind of doing like a singing type rap, or he might do that, you know what I'm saying? So he'll start, he still kind of have like that staff. So I was really surprised when he put out this album. Not saying he can't do it because he's done it on mixtapes. He's done, he, you know how he does his sexual mixtape. And it be him singing the whole time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just haven't heard like a full LP from him, you know, kind of in a while without a rap feature. So I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. Like one, one thing that I respect about Mr. Trey Songs is one of the greatest. R&B albums of our time, <laughs> ready. ready. We appreciate you, Mr. Trey Song. Oh my God. Fresh year college, 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 college days, listen, bro, college students listen to ready, bro. You had no choice but to get ready. They go to the camp. You get ready for the night. Exactly. Right. Oh man. <laughs> they name me know my name, they Jupiter Love, Black Roses. Boy, them, them songs got got me through. I ain't gonna lie, boy. Oh yeah. man. But yeah. like, I mean, time, times are changing for like for Trey songs. I mean, from moving on from Trey songs, and that's crazy because like, um, Givion or Givion, however you pronounce his name, I apologize if I pronounce it uh, wrong, uh, Mister Sir. Uh, but him, his voice is different. Music, fire. He he is, I, w- I would say he, he's the next wave as far as R&B um, within years to come. Like his, the next five the next five years of his career is really going to define what R what R&B we know today. If he keep working the way he working. Thanks, bro. I think that uh, his his style is definitely unique, definitely dope. This along another artist, a couple of more artists along with him. Like I think like Summer Walker, like Jay says, people like Snow Allegra, 
uh, people like um, definitely Snow, uh, Janae. Like that sound, bro, is definitely is like just generations R and B, and it's getting like I've seen a lot of people, a lot of more people listen to R and B nowadays, bro. Like, and you like you could go on like these if you got like, Spotify title, um, music, you go go to like listen, let's pull up like R and B playlist or like people that's dropping it now, bruh. And they be they fire tracks, fire R and B. Like fire R and B. Fire indie indie R and B is what's called like indie artists. Fire dude. I think like that R and B style is what's taking over. And I see it within the next couple of years definitely being prominent. Yeah. And we can't forget about artists like Khalid, um artists like Frank Ocean, the weekend. Even though they sound was a little bit different when they came out, I still consider it like R&B. It's just a different, it's like a, a different, like a contemporary sound. But I still, Man. I could, Can't count but, on Frank. Can't count on Frank, man. <laughs> Why? Come on, it's man. Like, no, okay, so don't get me wrong. I love Frank. But Frank Ocean, he be getting ghosts. That doesn't, take away from, that doesn't take away from his music. That doesn't take away from what right. he's given us as far as music, as far as albums. I mean, he has one of the best albums that we've heard in within the last decade or so. Everybody was on that album. I mean, so yes. you can't see he had take that away from him just because he gets ghosts. I mean, he could do that. I mean, he dropped the album that was way crazy. So, I mean, if he didn't go crazy, then yeah, he had to be out here getting out of the mud still. But hey, hey, you make a good album, you get a Grammy. Hey, I'm going to sit down somewhere, too. I got uh, <laughs> to take my hats off to my man, because uh, Frank Ocean, he was one of those other R&B artists, kind of like came to the scene with his own plan of how he was going to make it. Because he, he he understood how music was changing, how music was evolving. So he was like, he wasn't like a talent creator as far as rap, because he wasn't a rapper, but he, he was weird. Like, he, did, he couldn't kind of understand like what he was going at with his music. All, all he did was paint a picture. It made you get into the song and made you evaluate what he was saying and dig deeper into what he was saying. And it was like, dang, I, I kind of get what he's saying, but he created this picture in my head. And that's what I liked about Frank Ocean music is because he always painted a picture with his music, with his songs, and he could sing. He can really sing. And so he, he kind of put a little flashlight in, in the R&B um, scene when it was kind of dimming down a little bit for male R&B artists um, besides people like Chris Brown and other prominent artists at the time. One of my favorite one of my favorite songs from that album was Pyramids. I think that's one of the greatest songs period. Like that song that's, i say it's like top 25 for me as far as greatest songs. No, uh, it was playing Pyramids in the strip club. Yes. That's like no spot. That's like no spot. Bro, you can play strip. Bro, if you can play a song in a strip club and you can play it while you clean up, it's a win, bro. It's a win. <laughs> you play it in a strip club and while you clean up, it's a win. Yes, it's a, it's a win. Okay. Like, that's that's the recipe. Shout out to Kendrick Lamar. I like what you did there. You like what I did there. Boom. Um. <laughs> So I want to I want to get into somebody else, somebody who's been popping. He he started out kind of like late two thousands, but like mm -hmm. the two, 2010, 
to now decade, the 2010 to 2020 decade, this man has went from here to Blad Isle. And when I say Blad Isle, I mean Mr. Eric Bellinger. Can we talk about him for a moment? Like mm. he's written, he's written songs for just about any and every artist you can think of. Man's a genius. Plus he can sing. Like you don't you don't get too many people who write music and can like make their own music and be good at making their own music. Cause it's a lot, it's a lot of people like um Esther Dean. What Easter Easter Dean, Esther Dean? Esther Dean. She, yeah, Esther Dean. She writes good music, but her music career didn't pop like she I guess like she thought it would. But you know, she she dropped what two hot tracks back then. It was a little pop tracks or whatnot. But like she can really write. And I appreciate her for her writing skills. Yeah. But like Eric Bellinger. She writes, though, uh, she writes uh my bad go back to Esther Dean. She does write a lot of pop tracks. I think that's just like where she, uh she's pretty good at and she gets the most attention. But yeah, so let's talk about Eric Bellinger. All right. Love, I love Eric Bellinger, his music, always fire. Never lets me down. Every time he drops, he just drops it in October. It's already on my playlist, uh, albums of the year, like top playlist. I've been playing that album almost every day since he dropped. For real, for real. But I don't, I feel like he needs more recognition, bro. He, he does. Everybody is not getting the recognition that he deserves. And he's not. And I don't know if it's because I think that Aaron Bellinger is one of the R&B artists who's kind of like sticking to a certain, like he sings a certain sound and he does pretty good with it, especially with his samples, his sampling. And he does, um, I guess he does, um, I don't want to say like a traditional style of R&B. It, I mean, it is kind of a traditional style, especially with all the sample, all the 90 samples he's doing. So it comes off as like kind of like a traditional style of R&B, but he does a lot of like uh, up-tempo type sound type stuff because he's from, he from the Cali area. So you already know how they give it up on the West Coast. So he's like kind of, kind of like a West Coast R&B sound to him, in my opinion. But I definitely feel like Aaron Billinger needs more recognition, always fire uh, music, uh, his uh, uh, beat choice, his sampling, everything about this man is dope, yo. Yeah, to me, he has not missed yet. If you haven't had a chance, go take Ellen, Eric Bellinger out. He got plenty of music uh, plenty. that you can listen to. Plenty. Like I, look, season every, every show. Plethora. Cuffin' season is here. Cuffin' season is here. It's going to be an easy call after that. You already know Cuffin' season is an easy call. Then we're going to have a rebirth. I said it in order, but you know what I'm getting to. Yeah, Eric Bellinger, definitely, man. Definitely, definitely. I, I didn't get on Eric Bellinger until about 2014, 2015. I think that's when he dropped the Rebirth album. Um, I heard that album. Good. The Rebirth, is that is that the one where it's got uh, Night uh, night uh, Nightcrawl or something? Pandora, uh, Club mm-hmm. Lights. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagination. They they came out like they came out when we were still in college back in 2011, 12. It might have been it might have been going like 2012 going to 2013. Okay. It might have been. Well it was released. It was released in exactly 2014. The rebirth uh, album. Mm-hmm. So but that's when I really got on the Eric Bellinger. Um actually uh Ted put me on the Eric Bellinger. I don't know. 
I don't know what it was that made him bring it to my attention, but I was like, man, I, don't, I ain't never heard this dude. Like, I don't know who this dude is. But I put the album on. I just listened. I was just like, yo, this dude is very, very talented. He's actually pretty good. And you know, like, sometimes you hear somebody that's like not major, but like they got some talent. Like, you know, like artists like Vito, like artists that you can hear that you know they, they can sing, but they can't really make great music if they just can sing. Like, they can sing somebody else's song better than they singing, but they can't make their own music. Everybody was like the total opposite when I heard him for the first time. And I thought he was just going to be like one of those dudes that got a bunch of like samples, but it like the overall production of the song wasn't going to be great. But actually, he made good songs. Like, he made great, great songs. You can relate to all the songs that he made. And then his his songs have context. I mean, content. Um, I, I like the way he names his albums. You got the Rebirth. You got Cup of Seas. You got Cup of Season 2, Part 2. You got Easy Call, Rebirth 2. And those those uh, chronicles that he come out with, they line up with the one before that. So it's not like he just dropped Rebirth 2 and it doesn't sound nothing like Rebirth 1. He stays on track with his um with his, with his albums and his, when he releases music. It's consistent. He makes consistent hits. He makes consistent. It might not be all radio hits, but when you hear Eric Benjamin, you're going to know, okay, this is a couple of seasons too. I know this is about to be times two from the first season. So you ready to listen to it. And it's just great. It's great to hear it as a, as a fan. And anytime he drops music, it's something like you, you're going to make time to hear it. Yeah, that's facts. That's, that's, that's all facts. Like, if, if you have not listened to one Eric Bellinger song, just go choose go choose one like uh i think his his best his best work as far as variety would either be um term one eric, eric bellinger for president term one uh that's that's got some slow songs it's got some some up to beat songs it's got a little he got he got some features as far as rapping there um and what's what's the other one they, they, what's the one that we was just talking about? Rebirth. 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 It has, it, it, it's a, a, a two disc album and it has a lot of good music on there. You got features from Chris Brown, Trey Songs, uh, not, not Trey, uh, Chris Brown, Tank, not Trey Songs, I'm sorry. Um, and then you got, you got rappers on there as well. So that has a good, you know, collection as far as variety as well. It like all his music. Oh man, all his music is just like a blessing, bro. For real. Like you can. That's that's one guy you can put on. You can say, hey, play Eric Bellinger music from 2010 to 2020 to 2022, and you are gonna clean up your whole house, your mama house, your grandma house, and your uncle house <laughs> before, before he gets he, he drops music dropping music, bro. Stay music. I definitely, I definitely like about that too, bro. Like, he's not one of them artists that's gonna like leave you hungry. You want for more? He gonna give you more. If you want more, and then the music he he puts them out pretty good because he could drop an EP and you could be listening to that joint. That EP gonna last you to months because you're gonna be in love with it. And you you gonna listen to months, and then next thing you know, he's dropping a, a full length album. Like, dang, this man just dropped a. EP like three months ago. Yeah, all right, dropping, already dropping another LP, a mixtape, <laughs> bruh. And also, what attracts me to him is his like, I don't know who his engineering or his like beat person is or whatever he does, whoever that is. Fire. Oh, oh, somebody put 
somebody put me and Tez on, and I remember one of the first songs I heard from him, I don't remember exactly the song, I just remember hearing like uh, a sample, and it was like a sample he did uh, of a 90s song, of course. And you know, a lot of people nowadays, one of the first things you listen to is like the beat. The beat come on, it's up fire, you're already like, all right, bet. Now I'm ready to hear what he say. And he come on singing strong voice. You're like, all right, dang, this is fire. And like Jay said, he, he got good content because he's a good he's a good songwriter. So it ain't like he just writing or just saying about any other thing. Nah, he's talking about stuff. And I, the one main thing I also like is like how like the theme of his albums, like with uh, Cover Season 3, he did, all the songs on there was basically like Basically talking about a female, or like talking about um, having that love for you know that one of your life, like you love someone, mm-hmm. and like all his albums have like a certain theme to it that he stay on track with. So each song relates to each other. Like they say, it ain't like a bunch of songs that you just put, you know, put you know, put together and yeah. randomly. Now nah, he like he tell you can tell he takes his time. Like all right, I want this song to go here. I want this song to go last. Or I want this song to go in the middle. You know what I'm saying? And like it flows really good. Bro. Air Belgium is like definitely to me is probably the top or the top R and B artist right now. Air Belgium for president, man. Air Belgium for president. Air Belgium for president. Okay, so so since you so, since you said that Darius, you said he he's the t- the the best talent right now. But who do you who do you think is carrying R and B as far as mainstream? Because E B Air Belgium E B isn't that mainstream because a lot of people don't know about him still. Why? I don't know. Right. I don't I know. know. You need to listen. Listen to me. <laughs> listen to Eric right. Bellinger. If fact, you don't listen yeah. to nobody else, fact, listen to me. Every single person that I have told to go and listen to a just a piece of Eric Bellinger's music has come back to me without me going to them and asking, hey, did you listen to that Eric Bellinger song? They came back to me and said, bro, I have never Thanks. heard nothing like that in my life. Like V was saying, Thanks. whoever is whoever produces Eric Bell's music, they need they, bro. I can't even. I'm lost for words, bro. I can't even describe <laughs> how great they are, bro. They like no ID. They like eat uh, the beer forty. They like these great producers that produce music. And you like, bro? How do you think of doing that that way? And it sounds so good, like because you know, like some people they are simple songs, but it's like a loop simple. Mm-hmm. Or like they all do a snippet of a song when it's like you ain't put too much thought in that. It, it sounds good, but it ain't too much thought. Like what Eric Bellinger is producing, like he might do a little sample of something, but it's like the way Eric Bellinger come on the song, he make you he, he make you forget all about what the beat was because he riding on that song. Like it's like exactly. Like if it if oh, it's a wave, yeah. if, if it's a wave doing this. <laughs> My man, EB surfing in that world. Nah, that's exactly how it is. Exactly how it is. But yeah, so my bad. To go back to your question, Tay. So you was asking me, who do I feel like is carrying R&B in the mainstream today? Yeah. All right. In the mainstream R&B today, I think, obviously, I think Chris Brown is carrying it. I think... Uh, I'm kind of. I don't really want to say um, Trey songs just because I feel like he's kind of like mainstream wise. He's kind of kind of died down a little bit. It's because I don't think we heard any of like this album on the radio. I don't think that right. was album was singles on radio. So I'm, I'm gonna say it's Chris Brown, 
Eels have like, I mean, I kind of hate to say it, Drake when he dropped his R&B style type music. Really? I know, bro. I, I hate to say it like that, bro. Because you, your it's turn like, done. Man. No, listen, listen, bro. No, Man. listen, bro. Because listen, bro. <laughs> if you think about it, think about it. All like really big popping R and B artists that's popping right now, like Janae. Like you might hear some Janae on the radio. Janae, uh, Snow, Nani, like um, her. Like you know, you're not hearing too much of their songs on the radio unless they kind of got like a big single, like how her had with uh with uh, YG. Like yeah, we have artists like that on the track, yeah. Like then you go probably hear this sound on the radio a bit, but you're not really hearing too much. Uh, a lot of people that's like hearing R and B sound on the radio that's mainstream. So honestly, I'm going to just say Chris Brown. Chris I Chris mean, unless y'all know somebody else, like who do you feel, Jay? Do you think it's somebody out there besides Chris Brown that's carrying R and B mainstream? Oh my god! It's gonna I'm about to say. People say R&B is dead. Cause you got people like Jacquees to come in here and take other people's music and do a remix of their music and think it's his song. That's not what we want from R&B. Like that's what kills the vibe. And then you go, you have the nerve to go on a platform where you are by side the best, two of the best R&B singers ever to do it with Keith Sweat and R. Kelly. And you talking about you the king of R&B. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Bullshit. Come on, Bullshit. Skip. Bullshit. Can't box the plug with your head. Can't box the plug with your head. But anyway. Right. Um, I kind of agree with Darius, man. It's 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 what sells. Um, it's it's the popularity vote that counts. It's like the MVP race. It's it's what sells. Chris Brown, he can get on any genre of music and consider it R and B, and it's still gonna sell. He can jump on a hip hop record, but it's still gonna be in the R&B category. He can jump on a pop record, it's still gonna be in the R&B category. He can jump on a rap record, it's still gonna be in the R&B category when it comes to charts. So ain't nobody touching a Chris Brown uh, feature or Chris Brown single in the R&B game ain't gonna outsell him right now. So other than Chris Brown, I don't feel like there's no other male artist that can really hold the crown right now but Chris Brown. And if you want to put Trey Songs on there, I will put Trey Songs on there just because he don't get the popularity vote. But he's definitely Chris Brown will put him right up under his belt if he had to. Well, I'm about to come for y'all, bro, because Chris Brown is top three as far as R&B right now. But y'all, y'all just not gonna disrespect Tank like that, man. Tank, my guy. Tank is that guy. Tank is mainstream right now, bro. Tank is mainstream. What do you mean? Tank is not mainstream. Tank is a great thing. Tank is mainstream. Bro, look. He like Jamie Foxx, man. Bro, Jamie Foxx for me. Jamie Foxx was, at one point in time, Jamie Foxx was mad popping on radio. Go ahead. That's facts. That's facts. I'm going to get back to that. I'm going to definitely get back to that. But... The the reason I say Tank is because Tank Tank produces true R and B. If if you if you want to put a definition on what R and B is, I believe that Tank that's what Tank provides it through his music. Chris Brown, he's a hybrid. He, he's he's gonna give you the pop, the rap, the R and B. So that's that's why that's why I ask as far as R and B is concerned. So when 
another person. I got I got three because Chris Brown, Chris Brown makes it three. He's at the top. Then we got Tank at number three. But second, it's actually her. Um, I think she's really holding it down as far as the ladies in RB right now. Like you hear a lot of her on the radio. Um, no pun intended. You hear a lot of her on the radio, uh, whether it's her own songs or you know, it's a, a, a joint song that she's a feature that she's done, uh, like the song with Daniel Caesar. Like that has become the new wedding song. Um, so that's why that's why I would say, even though Daniel Caesar is supposed to be canceled by Twitter or whatnot, Daniel Caesar <laughs> is that guy. If he was to drop something today, I am listening, I am tuning in. But my three would be Chris Brown, her, and Tank. That they are, you know, the three pillars for RB as far as today. Um but I mean if if you want to go ahead. I can agree with you. I can agree with you on that to a certain extent because you, as far as the her thing is concerned, her has been really popular for a while. It, it took her to reveal herself as her before she really got mainstream because her been pop like people were talking about her way before I even know who she was. And like I used to see it all over social media, like her, her this, her that, her that. But I never really went to check her out because all I used to see was the silhouette. So it was like, I don't care. I want to see who her is. I don't, I, she sounds good, but all I see is a silhouette. I want to see who she is. That's going to make it better. So once people started to dig into who she was as a person, um, as an individual, kind of get an understanding of where she's coming from, what kind of music she creates, people gain a, uh, begin to gain a love for her and her music. And that's a very important in, um, in this day and time is people getting to know who you are. Like, LMA, I feel like she really could have took over that 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 R&B um, sound um, when she was out, but I feel like she's so shy. I'm a walker, shy. Like, when it comes to making music, you can be a great singer, a great, you know, uh, artist on a track, but you have to be out for, you have to be here for the people. And I feel like a lot of artists fall short of that characteristic when it comes to uh, a genre that they're trying to be prominent in because they they lack the work ethic or they lack the publicity that it takes to keep them going. And mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, and, and, and especially when you have pandemic where you have to be uh, virtually available or socially available, and then, you know, you try to do stuff, tactics or try to do stuff and people like you capping to come back, it kind of didn't hurt your career because like if you would have been out ahead, you know, before the pandemic hit or before things got rough, then yeah, you still could be prominent right now. I feel like that's what's really going on with the Summer Walker thing. I just feel like, you know, she got pregnant, she put it out there, now she's going back and forth, blase, blase. And I just feel like it's just a publicity stunt to put out an album. When in reality, all you had to do was just keep doing your tours, you had to count your tours, keep doing what you was doing, and stay the grind, and you would have been on top of the world. Like, that's just my opinion. Well, the, okay. I, I get that. I, I, I want to comment on your three people. So um, I, I I get to I get the point of you making about her, and I can see that. But I, I think that she's she is at a point of uh, potential. Like she's potentially going to be like that hype of R and B. I don't think she's got there just yet. Oh no, in the R and B mainstream world. But I definitely can see her 
leading up to that. Now the Tank thing, bro, I, I, now Tank is a great R&B artist, bro. Me saying this is not taking away from that. Yes, he's definitely a great R&B artist and a great writer. I just don't see him like he. You can't say he's holding down R&B mainstream wise because there's a lot of people who does not listen to Tank, bro. There's a lot of people who don't know Tank, or there's a lot of people who just reference Tank as that music writer or the person who used to sing back for Jamie Foxx saying it was a GY. You know, yeah. they done with Tyree. So like, you know what I'm saying? That's a lot of people think of Tank as. And then, but I don't think that takes away from his artistry. I just don't see him being like the front runner who's holding R&B, R&B down mainstream. Because honestly, what has Tank put out in a while since Please Don't Go that everybody been listening to. That everybody's listening to. That everybody, please don't go, please don't go, was the height of like, what was that? I think that was like my senior class song, 2009. Or he didn't even write that song, Tate wrote that. Right, right. That was like the last time you heard uh, Tate, like real big, bruh, real big. No, like a lot of everywhere, bruh. No, what was the last time? Bro, I'm trying to be disrespectful. Look, hold on, hold on, hold on. Straight, straight from the salvage out, straight from the savage album, because I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Tank. I'll go ahead and I'll put it out there. You did when we you right. I apologize. When the song When We Came Out, you you right, he hasn't had a lot of songs that just like completely take over, but you ain't gonna disrespect him and say uh maybe I deserve was the last time you ever heard from him because my man puts out music and he put he you know he only put it out as much as Eric Bellinger but he he does put out it he he does put out he does put that music out but when when we came out I ain't gonna say what we was doing when we was doing what we was doing but if you know Tank you get the gist if you ain't heard the song go listen to it Tank uh when we the unedited version. Um, that. The song that never that Like, it, it really did take over. Like, a lot of a lot of older people who was trying to get their groove back put that on when it was time to get down to getting their groove back. And, oh, man. That actually, that, that made me think of somebody, somebody else that we did not mention, uh, Mr. Anthony Hamilton. Um but like, and I was saying that because of what older people listen to. As younger people, we don't listen to the true R&B anymore. We listen to the hybrid R&B, pop, rap, R&B, tied into one. So that, that's my statement was, when it comes to true R&B, Tank is holding that down. There isn't anybody okay. else who's out there doing the true R&B like that mainstream anymore if it does it kind of falls short as far as sales uh tyrese but you know we we're gonna sit up here and keep mentioning people so no, you no. know don't play tyrese like that black roses was his only number one album he ever put out which is crazy black right. roses was right. the only album he ever had that went number one that album was his that black that black roses album was good it was a good album it was a good album. It was a good album. He was. Don't play Tyrese. That was a part of TGE. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. TGT. Oh, man. But, but Tyrese, um, Tyrese, 
Or you can, since Tyrese wanted to be the hungry one, no. Was it Tyrese or Genuine that wanted to be the hungry one? Tyrese. I think it was Genuine. It was, it was Mr. Tyrese. We're going to say, Tyrese. go ahead. Yeah, we're going to say Tyrese, Genuine, and Tank, since he wanted to be Mr. Hungry and break the group up. When they dropped that, that might have been. When they dropped that, Genuine album, did a whole lot of uh, oversync in that album, just like you know, but it was, it was good. Yeah, you could tell who was, who was, who was trying to make it mainstream. Yeah, right. Back, back again. Back again. Not, not, not for the first time, but back, back again. Right, 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 right. Because <laughs> some people have been mainstream. Some people have been mainstream. That's all I want to say. But um, as far as you said, as far as uh, what, uh, Tank is concerned, I mean, I can understand where you're coming from with that. He, he's a hard working artist. I will say, I would like to shed some light on this uh, work ethic. Tank is one of those artists. He's a, He'll go perform at Four Seasons, bad way. Yeah. And all you gotta do is put a piano in the main lobby. Niggas to be out there singing. Right. <laughs> so he's one of those artists that if he show up, niggas gonna show up. So he can he can set up shop really. He can be at the Curry's and Mitchell Center, and niggas gonna show up. Right. So he's one of those artists that really does um, draw in people to his music. But a lot of people that draw into his music are artists. I mean, are, are fans from day one. Like they've been following him since Fortune Maker 2001. Um, he's not the type of artist that that brings in a lot of new fans um, because of his style of music and the, how saturated his style of music is right now with the artists in that um, in that space. But for people that's been knowing Tank since 2001, they know every time Tank drops something, it's going to sound it's not the same, but it's going to have that Tank style, that same Tank flow. And I mean, I, I give it up to Tank on that Savage album. He did switch it up and try to, you know, bring in a little of that trap soul sound, that little up tempo mm -hmm. RB sound. And it was a great album. So I just wanted to share some light on that. I feel that. Um, and the crazy part is that, I mean, he, he's been continually working for almost 20 years. And for people still not to see his, for majority people, I ain't gonna say all. Oh, well, I ain't gonna, I, I'm not gonna say, you know, I'm not gonna minimize um, his fan base or whatnot, but for majority to not see how good his artist, artistry is after almost 20 years of working, um, and it's probably it's more than it's more than likely twenty plus years. But I'm I'm talking about as far as him as an individual artist, not him as a backup artist for Genuine and writing songs for um, Tyrese and and Jamie Foxx and people like that. Um, but him as an individual artist, he he's really good. Like he's really good. He has good content, and it is the the true '90s R&B sound where I, I'm saying, excuse my language, but I'm saying that we fucking, but I'm not saying that we fucking. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm loving on you. Um, my fingers, you know, trickling down your spine, that kind versus, <laughs> you know, Chris Brown and, um, you know, Trey Songz coming out and just saying, just let me rock, fuck you back to sleep. <laughs> so um, that's why I was saying, that's why I was saying like that, that man Tate, like he, he really been working and he been holding it down and making like really, really sing. This guy is a yeah. true singer. He is a true singer. 
Uh, he, he could definitely be a voice coach, man. Um, He's a PJ Martin of R&B. PJ, I mean, PJ Morton is another guy that gets looked over. Um, oh, come on, man. He, he, he does get looked over. One, one, one thing that I hate about PJ is... I need my $5. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, one thing, one, thing I say, one thing I got to say about PJ is create new content. You can't keep bringing the same album out in acoustics, mid... Um, Half acoustics, the rarely album, a live album, singing the same twelve <laughs> songs over and over again. And yeah. my fiance gonna get me for making these comments, but I mean she's gotta live <laughs> with it or whatnot. I mean it is it is what it is. So uh, he is, but he is another guy that he gets looked over. He he really does. He does. Um, he does. Like, but I mean. Look, Taking taking this thing back just a little bit. Let's let's take it back ten years, two thousand to twenty ten. Who y'all think held it down though? Those, those that, that ten year span, without saying Beyonce. Two thousand to twenty ten. I'm going with Usher, man. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Usher. Two thousand twenty ten. When it comes to R and B music, just R and B, yeah, because that's what artists he's considered R and B artists. I'm going with Usher. Hands down, agree. I think I, I think yeah, I think I think I agree with that. He, yeah, definitely. With the albums like Confessions, Usher versus Usher, eighty-seven hundred one, eighty-seven hundred one, eighty-seven hundred one. Yeah, he definitely ran that decade. That's right. Yeah, I think because I think Confessions was like the highest selling album during that whole decade, right? Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't like the one, yeah. it was, if it wasn't the one, it was the second highest selling. And I think it was a female. I, it was a female that might have been higher, but yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. I think I think 2010, that was probably like the best selling album during that year. I mean, during that decade. So yeah, so there you, you definitely got to give it to Usher. That's probably almost. Okay. Yeah, that's um, I don't know what to say. That's, that's a runaway. That. That's a runaway play right there. All right, that, that's um, a runaway. Hey, Thanks. That is that is a runaway. Um, Chris Brown came heavy, but the only thing the thing about Chris Brown is he only had he had five years to work because he came out oh four five ish or whatnot. So you know, decade ten years you had five years to work, but but then that five years he he put out he put out some awesome music um, from his you know his first album Chris Brown to that second album. Exclusive. It wasn't exclusive. exclusive. Yes, exclusive. Okay. Uh, when he dropped that, like, I at the time that was that album was the closest thing R and B bass. That was the closest thing to um, Confessions for me, personally, my opinion. Exclusive. Exclusive was the closest thing to Confessions. I don't know. I think Graffiti might have been. What year did it come out? Two thousand nine to two thousand ten. Facts, it did. But actually, yeah. Based based on the track list of Chris Brown, oh, the, like the self titled album Chris Brown, that out like looking at the track list, that album really did go hard because I think like if he had ten songs, eight of them were played on the radio. Which album you referring to? Chris Brown. 
Chris Brown, Chris Brown's title. Still title album. First yeah, album. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but just my opinion, I would say exclusive was the closest thing, but I wanted, like, as far as, like, actual stats and whatnot, Chris Brown's self-titled album may have been the closest thing to Confession since Confession had dropped. I hear that with the exclusive. Uh, exclusive was a, it was definitely a dope album. And I mm-hmm. think like the um, the songs that was on there, kind of some of those could be so, uh, compared to some songs that was on um, Confessions. So I get that. I I just think that, you know, that situation with Chris Brown, you know, with the Rihanna situation, all that, definitely, of course, hindered his career and possibly could have made him, you know what I'm saying? If like that situation that happened, he had to go to jail, we could have got an album like you know, before graffiti, before you dropped the album, could have got some type of album that was more fire than exclusive in that time period. You know what I'm saying? It could have had right. some, you know, some real raw content. So I agree with that. Uh, you know what you're saying that um, th- it, that definitely hindered him from being almost that top artist, and uh, you know, in that time period. But from that time he dropped. Um, all the way up to, like you said, to that situation that kind of happened with Rihanna, he was definitely running a lot of R&B, you know, besides Usher, you know, of course, but he was definitely running a lot of R&B. He came out hard. He was young. He had all the girls. He had a lot of, you know, guys on his, you know, seeing, on, checking, out, checking him out and stuff like that. And he was selling a lot. So he definitely misses, he definitely misses opportunity it's a chance to be that prominent 2000, 2000, you know, 2010 artist. He definitely did. That's so we had to ask a question about the 1990s to the 2000s. So from 1990, I would say from 1990 to 2000, um, give me two of your, you think, two artists that was probably the best artist in between 1990 and 2000. Well, for me, it's, it's going to be an easy given. My second person, Everybody ain't, well, not person, people, which is a group. Everybody not going to agree with it, but, I mean, it's just me. Highest, highest selling male group ever. Boys and men. Boys and men and Mr. Robert Kelly, like, they, they held it down for the 90s. Like, period. Okay. I look through and through. R. Kelly is definitely, all right, even though, you know, we, um, no, we don't condone anything that Arkelly did, and we're not supporting him. It's just that you know, before all this stuff came out, Arkelly music was kind of fire. It was dope. Can't can't really lie about that. But so for me, my Arkelly is on my list, and it's Jodeci. Jodeci ran the nineties. Ain't gonna tell me Jodeci didn't run the nineties, bro. Jodeci had the nineties on lock. To me, best R and B group, best yeah. To me, best nineties R and B group of all time. And I think that's who we're in the 90s, the 2000s. Man, I don't know why you, I understand why you like Jodeci so much. <laughs> but when, when it comes to the numbers, baby, the numbers. Listen, I understand the numbers. And the numbers, but the numbers don't, you know what I'm saying, define you all the time, brother. You can't, you can't uh, always say the numbers, bro. I'm talking about yeah. like, I'm talking about like, uh, content, song choice, being relatable. Um, can you put them, play them in a party? 
Kiyu played him this on this on the road trip, like all that that you know you think about when it comes to you know artistry and music, bro. Jodeci put out the fire music, bro. The fashion they had when they had the, the long overall when it was all standing. <laughs> When the juice box fans, come on, bro. Bro, they, come on, bro. They was out in the desert, crying, I cry for you in the desert. They out there singing, oh. boy. Bro, they was out there singing, bro. Thanks. Boys and men, they was out there in the desert. But look, my man had bad legs. He was limping in the desert. <laughs> All of them singing to one girl. Jody Ain't nobody touching. The problem. They fighting over a girl. Ain't nobody oh, touching God. Over. I know. Ain't nobody I know. touching God. Ain't nobody touching God. But they was nobody like touching God. So. Huh? It was like eight late 80s more so than 90s. Well, yeah. I didn't say that, but Aaron Hall still put out music. Aaron Hall as a solo artist still put out music in the early 90s. I get, I get, I get Aaron Hall one song. What's that? That's it. That's it. That's all. <laughs> that one song by himself. That's it. Without, oh man! Without God, I don't know why I'm such a big Aaron Hall fan, man. I really don't know. I just I, I I like his music. Like I I've always been an Aaron Hall fan. I don't know why, but his music is dope. Like even before like even before after God, I feel like most some of his songs I used to listen to um, as a kid growing up. It always attracted me to his sound. I don't know what it was, but I'm putting Aaron Hall on my list as one of the best uh, singers, R&B singers in the '90s, because you got to think about it. He did a he had a solo career that was very very good, and then he also had a, a group career that was very good. Since we want to bring in groups, right. hey, I mean the '90s was about groups. That was that was like a big exactly. thing in the '90s. R&B that was group. a major thing in group. That yeah, was like a major thing, man. So you you know you can, it's kind of hard. Not to say, you know, who ran the 90s and 2000s without saying a group, at least one. You've got two different artists on your list. You're going to at least say, you're going to say 112, uh, Jodeci, uh, Jagged Edge. Hey, Jagged Edge was like Hill. that. Drew Hill. Oh, Drew, but Drew, Drew Hill. Hill. Yeah. Drew Hill is definitely a good one, bro. Drew Hill is definitely a good one. They, bro, Drew Hill was like that. They album was fire. And even Cisco. <laughs> As a solo artist was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like that's one that's one thing I appreciate uh, appreciate about '90s music. It was it was your guy groups. All of them had they man had they had they had they man's back. Oh, you want to talk to that shorty right there? All right, we gonna back you up and we gonna go get her. We not gonna let her walk away from you, and you gonna get her back. No, we gonna get her back for you. Mm-hmm. So like that that whole '90s group R&B, everybody could everybody in the group could sing. I ain't gonna say everybody, but <laughs> most of the people in the group could sing. You know, other people was just more of like a, a popularity kind of thing because uh, my big man from Drew Hill. I don't know his I forgot. I don't know his name right on top, but big man from Drew Drew Hill could actually sing better than Cisco. But Cisco had oh he did. He Cisco did. had the flair. He had the popularity, mm-hmm. the popularity flair. So mm-hmm. look. Yeah, he had the, he, he had the image of a god. He had the image of a god. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, one more person I'm gonna add on that list. Uh it's probably gonna be uh my boy Arkells. 
I don't can I, I don't I don't condone in what he condoned in, but when it came to the R and B music, man, when it came to that down tempo slow jam, twelve play, I mean, man, listen, I'm about to orgasm right now, but I'm gonna keep it on track. Wait a minute. Uh, Wait a man, minute. When it came to R and B music, man, back. listen, oh, God. Uh, Kelly, bro, hands down, if he wasn't the best R and B singer in the '90s. To the two thousands, I don't know who else is. Mm. I had crazy. Wait, 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 wait. Before you before you get started, bro. <laughs> Look, we don't condone anything orgasmic about Jay. We don't condone anything that R. Kelly has done. That's for the fifth time on this show. We do not condone Mr. Kells or this man's orgasmic oh. <laughs> pleasure. From seeing R. Kelly in that black leather van. <laughs> chill out, chill out, chill out. No, we do oh, not. Man. Oh my God. All right. Yeah. Uh, my bad. I just Let's I, uh, just wanted to say that this man, while we talk about R. Kelly, this man, Boozy, I don't know if y'all seen it, had the audacity to say that he picked R. Kelly over Prince and Michael Jackson. Right. Oh yeah, I, I seen that. I seen but that video. Over Prince and Michael Jackson. Look at this man. This like you agree. You agree that R. Kelly was bigger, had more hits than Michael Jackson and Prince. Are you serious, brother? They did because they weren't out in the nineties. Like uh, yeah, in the nineties wise, yes, it is. That's, <laughs> so yeah, facts wise, nineties. Yeah, probably. I mean, they were still dropping music in the nineties. They were. They were. Um, they, they, uh, I definitely. Yeah, of course. But Boozy was saying it wasn't speaking from like that that time frame. He would say of all time. Oh, he said oh, no, of all no, time. No, bro. no, no, no. He said that's, right. he that's was saying you, of all time, bro. That's when you he get illiteracy over Michael Jackson. And illiterate mixed up. <laughs> bro, I don't know what he was on. But I understand he's like this real, real hood nigga who probably ain't grow up hearing too much of. Uh, Michael Jackson and Prince. To, after a little while, he started understanding music. So R. Kelly probably what he heard the most. So I kind of understand that. But as a music person, you when you go back and do your research of these artists, you, there's no way possible you can say that R, R, uh, Robert Kelly was a better artist <laughs> than, than really, uh, bro? Prince and Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Robert Kelly. Right. Yeah. Right. That's I'm gonna get off Robert Kelly But I'm gonna just throw something up there real quick. I can't leave out without saying my boy Michael Jackson too. Um Gone Too Soon, very prominent figure, an icon in RB pop. And um I feel like if Michael Jackson was still around, a lot of these artists who was putting out this RB music and 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 pop sound, Michael Jackson would play a lot of, uh, play a major part in the sound of the music as it aged and as it progressed. So I feel like a lot of the sounds that we're hearing now with people saying that uh, R&B is dead, I feel like if Michael Jackson is still alive to give input and artists can reach out to Michael Jackson, um, I feel like their music could have took a different um, wave or a different level of greatness than what it has um, already presented to um, the people listening. I just wanted to leave out with that. But that's just my opinion. I got you. Let me, let me piggyback off that real quick, real quick. So a lot of people don't get their roses while they're alive. 
we gave we gave Michael Jackson the respect. We gave Prince the respect while they were alive, but like they they made they didn't get their roses. Uh, the performance by Chris Brown on the BET Awards when he did the the, the Michael Jackson tribute. Yes. He wouldn't have he wouldn't have given that emotion to that tribute if Michael Jackson was still alive that day or whatnot. And you know, it's so like people people tend to change more after someone's death. Not saying that, hey, I want you to die so we can start doing good stuff, but you know, um, shout out to Cole. When he passed, a lot of people started to pick up that that mamba mentality, that that go get it, that don't stop, that that drive. So there 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 is good that comes out of, of bad. There there are con there are roses that you know grow from concrete. So um, death being concrete, roses being people's career, things like that. Uh, so. I do think it would. I don't. I want. I don't want to say that he's gone too soon because it really did change the outlook on diff, on, uh, on today's R and B as it is. Definitely, I understand. I agree with both of y'all. But uh, looks like about time for us to come to the end. So, guys, guys, please let us know how y'all feel about today's episode. Do you agree with us? Do you think R and B is dead? Do you not, do you not think it's dead? How do you feel? Let us know in the comments below. And always, I'm your boy Ferg. I'm your boy Tez. And I'm your boy Jay. And this is another episode of Soundbite. And until next time, stay tuned in. Thank you guys for watching another episode of Soundbite. If you haven't already, please like, comment, and subscribe, and be on the lookout for our next drop.